Hi everyone, my name is Vidya. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fitbots. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goal Getters. This is where we get to speak to the best of best strategy execution practitioners and leaders. I wanted to start this podcast by sharing a very powerful story. This story is about Vijay Maruthar, a young cotton farmer from Vidarbha, a small town in the west of India. Vijay was all alone entering his first crop season without any guidance from his father who unfortunately died due to suicide. Vijay invested about 1.25 lakh sinar which is about 1500 USD of his hard-earned money in cotton crops and lost all of it to unexpected rainfall. Alongside the severe financial strain there's also a serious problem of mental health which many farmers go through. Marginal farmers like Vijay desperately need affordable credit. This is just one moving story amidst many many others of people who need access to microcredit and at reasonable interest rates. And that's where Rangdee comes in, India's first social investing peer-to-peer lending platform which has truly impacted lives one after the other. and to speak to us on this journey and also how do they really look at strategy to execution we're absolutely honored to have with us smita ram the co-founder and ceo of rangde smita a very very warm welcome to goal getters thank you so much vidya it's a pleasure to be here and to be having this conversation with you thank you so much smita truly it's an honor and uh, you know I, i clearly have been following rangde for a very long time you've been sustaining rangde for more than 15 years and it's not easy you know for an entrepreneur to keep it going so tell us more about how it got started i know about your story in the little village kettington in uk many years ago but our listeners would love to hear more about your back story sure absolutely so uh, rangde has two co-founders one of them is me and the other uh, person is ram who's also my partner and we started this together and both of us had our own personal journeys that you know kind of converged at some some point and we realized we had a similar dream and we wanted to work together on that um, my own personal story was you know i i shifted gears twice once i was doing my you know undergrads in mass communication and i switched to social work because of certain experiences that i had during internships that i did in the corporate world and so very earlier on i decided that the corporate world is really not for me and you know finding meaning in everything that i do was what really keeps me going so you know in a very opaque place where i don't know you know who i'm working for and what is the impact that i'm creating that would not be like you know an environment where i would really succeed so that's when i shifted gears to uh, social work and i never thought that i'm going to become an entrepreneur even then even though the uh, entrepreneurial mindset was there in me my dad was an entrepreneur and i'd seen him work very hard because he also worked at a time when you know funding for you know entrepreneurship was very very limited right so it was a bootstrapped enterprise and he had really struggled you know to make you know bring it to a certain level uh, but i had also seen that at the end of the day he had immense satisfaction you know irrespective of you know what the challenges was at the end of the day he was like everything is really worth it because i'm kind of living my dream so social work happened you know because of my experiences and then again there was another turning point there because i did my masters in social work and my first job with a non-profit organization was not very very pleasant i also realized why you know in india the civil society is not as giving as 
you know the other countries right because there's a huge trust deficit you never know right when you join another organization what is the founding principles on which that organization is built so i didn't want to waste more time and get into another organization and have a similar experience so that thought was there so took on many tiny jobs and explored the space a lot more and then in one of the these exploratory spaces where was where i met ram 2006 was the year when professor yunus won the nobel for what he had done with gramin bank until then you know we were not still clear what is that one idea that for which we wanted to dedicate our lives right because in a country like india you're really spoiled for choice there are so many problems you can dedicate your life for solving that problem and still not have solved that problem and somehow you know when we read about microcredit and what professor yunus had done we felt we saw a silver lining because you know all the problems that we used to discuss had poverty at its root right and all other problems were manifestations of that poverty so we said if credit you know is provided in a way that it actually helps people overcome poverty all of the other you know problems that exist around it have a better chance of you know getting solved so that is how you know we zeroed in on credit you know both ram and i are neither from the economics background nor are we from the finance world even now when a lot of people actually ask us what are you guys doing in this space <laughs> but i think in hindsight it really worked because we are not from this industry we didn't have that baggage you know of taking the conventional path to solving this problem so even then to be honest when we heard about uh, professor yunus and what he was doing we felt that you know credit was not needed in india because we always thought that we were financially in from a financial inclusion point of view we felt india was a lot better but then a little bit of googling made us realize that you know we are far behind even bangladesh when it came to financial inclusion and we also stumbled upon an article that spoke about how borrowers of a micro finance institution had ended their lives because they were not able to repay their loans and that is where you know we felt the problem was right because on one hand professor yunus was talking about how credit can be a game changer it could help people overcome poverty on the other hand you know the way it was actually being implemented in india it was not helping anybody get out of poverty so ram always uh, says this you know that it was like a classic case where you know a product was designed exclusively for the poor but so expensive that you know even the rich could not afford it but then you know there were so many generalizations that oh affordability does not matter what really matters to a poor woman is access and doorstep you know access and i mean come on even till today we are so price sensitive right about everything that we buy and this is a loan and we are talking about really poor and underserved communities how can affordability really not matter so that was a very common sensical approach that we took and uh, zero in on peer to peer lending because you know it we felt it addresses two problems one is you know lowering the cost of credit to the end borrower the second was enabling people like you and me to connect with rural india because that empathy gap that exists between us and you know rural indians who are becoming becoming more and more distant we felt that you know this model can actually address both so yeah that is how it all started sorry it's a long story yeah but that was the early years and the beginnings of runway extraordinary uh, thanks smita you know thank you for sharing this story right because you can clearly see the multiple dilemmas that you and ram went through for you set up rangdi and the inspiration that you took from professor yunus gramin bank before you got started so thank you for sharing this in fact uh, in 2019 you actually went through a very significant pivot and um, i'm i'm sure as entrepreneurs you would have dealt with a lot of challenges 
to get to that stage where you move from a not for profit to a profit uh, so tell us more about some of the challenges as an entrepreneur that you faced sure so as it is entrepreneurship is challenging right and if you are a social entrepreneur the challenges only double or triple because most entrepreneurship models actually have a playbook right you know you are able to see examples of something that has been tried and tested somewhere so you can actually emulate some of those models what happens in social entrepreneurship is there's no playbook so you are creating your own playbook and what does that mean you your playbook is never perfect from the word go right so it takes a lot of trials and tribulations to actually come up and design the playbook and say that oh this is what really works for us and this takes time right so everybody actually in the social entrepreneurship space is seeking patient capital but funders do not understand and appreciate the fact that why is this patience actually required they usually think social entrepreneurs you know are not efficient they don't work hard or you know they're very emotional or passionate so they do not have business sense and that is why they ask for patient capital but it's not that we need patient capital mainly because it takes time to solve the kind of problems that we're actually trying to solve because there is no set formula because in communities across india are diverse their problems are diverse so cookie cuttering does not really work so if you can't cookie cutter how do you scale rapidly so it's about you know really finding local solutions to these problems and then figuring out how do you actually connect the dots and you know scale at the same time so this is you know how the social entrepreneurship landscape is so from the word go we had been very clear on two things one is our purpose on why did we start runway in the first place and we were very clear that we will never take capital that will make us compromise on our purpose right because there were many people who have actually sacrificed a lot to help rangde to get to this stage and it's not just me and ram right it's about the team that has believed in us the team that has been with us since inception have been with us through these through this entire journey and they are there because of the why so as founders we have no business to actually get you know the wrong kind of capital into the organization and really you know let all that sacrifice go down in vain because they want to be here to solve that problem so most of our challenges have been around this so not having enough of a runway but how do you still continue to do what you are doing not knowing where your next funding is going to come from but still motivating the team and you know show up every single day to make sure that you are solving that problem but also while i talk about the challenges with i should also talk about how we've been so fortunate to you know have this great community of social investors you know basically lenders on our platform we call them social investors so we have had such a wonderful community of social investors who have almost taken it upon themselves to make sure that rangde does not go down so even going back to this pivot of you know uh, pivoting from a non profit to a for profit our first challenge was where are we going to get this mission aligned investors right and at that point 23 of the individual social investors out of 15000 23 of them actually volunteered and said that if you are looking for equity and if that's the reason you don't want to continue this path count us in right we are going to make sure that you know rangde continues to do what you guys have planned to do thanks for sharing that smitha um, you know i can actually think about 
all the circular problems, right? Like for entrepreneurs, you're right. You know, they need to have a runway at the same time. You need to keep everybody. But your purpose is the one which actually drives everyone. So that's that's clearly, clearly the headlines that you just shared. I just wanted to make a segue into how you think about strategy because in your uh, business model, as you said, because you moved to a, you know, for-profit organization, you have your impact partners, then you have, you know, the person who's actually receiving the credit and then you have the social investors. So tell us more about how do you really think about company strategy and, and then will come to execution as a second part sure so uh, like with what we have done is our core is our mission and purpose so what we have done is ensured that anything that we do be it in terms of business strategy or our operating model anything that we have done we have ensured that you know that remains uncompromised so for example as a lending institution it may seem obvious that the only way that we can earn our revenues is from the interest spread that we would get but if you look at what we have done at rangde we have done exactly the opposite we have near zero dependency on the interest that the borrowers pay for our sustenance and why did we do that because we felt that that's what most of the lending institutions do right and the only way they can become profitable is either to do more and more loans or they keep increasing the interest rates so we said that if we decouple our profitability from you know this interest spread then there is higher probability that we'll continue to grow while remaining you know true to our purpose and mission so what we did is during this pivot we also changed our business model in a way that you know we applied the lens of a platform and not that of a lender right because as a peer to peer lending platform i don't lend from my books i'm only connecting you know different stakeholders through my platform so once we wore the hat of the platform everything actually looked very different and this is just an example so what we've done is anything that we do be it in terms of strategy or execution what really keeps us and holds us together is that purpose and we don't really scale for the sake of scaling so scale for us does not come at the cost of our purpose and mission so that's an overview of you know how we think in terms of strategy we also look at you know what is happening around us there's something that the way we work within the organization is there's one set of people who are constantly looking ahead who are more futuristic than people who do the business as usual stuff so even between the founders between me and ram i am the here and now operations person trying to make sense of our vision and how do we ensure there's alignment across the teams for how we are thinking as founders and as leadership team members ram is the futuristic guy so he is a visionary so he's thinking of hey few years down the line you know how would rangde look what a beautiful segue into you know the topic of okrs because i think you mentioned two elements right run the business and change the business and many time change the business is where okrs also flourish and because you know they make run the business also work well sometimes so tell us a little more about you know what made you get on to okrs because we've been working quite closely with the rangde team so what was that conversation with let's say you ram and the team when you said okay i think we need to look at execution so tell us more about that i actually this has been my personal challenge and you know i've kind of been very disillusioned with With, you know this the appraisal process the performance review process that you know we have had as an organization so typically year end performance quarterly feedback sessions with team members year end appraisals and i've always felt 
I have been very disappointed with the way the whole system worked at Rangde and I heard from a lot of my team members that hey why are you so worried this is how it works everywhere else right so I had two problems with this one it's not a win-win because an individual's performance may be great and you know the person may end up getting a certain percentage of a hike but the organization may still not have progressed at all so we tried various models we tried a variable pay model we tried different you know but somewhere i felt you know there was a disconnect because we had great team members it's not that you know they didn't want to align they didn't want to perform we didn't have that system but then reducing their performance to an year-end performance appraisal for me didn't make sense and the second thing was i felt that it was the performance was always tied to a certain individual's metrics you know this is your kpi so how are you doing on this front but there could be another team which is solving a much difficult problem has put in a lot of efforts but the outcome is invisible because we may actually experience this outcome maybe one year down the line. How do you do like a proper appraisal for these people? So I kept thinking then the whole thing of alignment, right? As founders, you know, your dream is to make sure that, you know, everybody in the team is aligned. But what is that? It can't, that alignment can't, can't come with long speeches that you have or one open house presentation where you're sharing an update. It won't happen. You need something to be ground up you know, built in a way, you know, you need a framework for some of this to actually happen. And I felt that, you know, OKRs could be a solution, but I'd read about OKRs before, but, you know, didn't know how to go about it because I'm like, oh, this is another headache because if I come up with this idea, I need to make sure that I implement this, right? So there are certain secrets uh, like that where I'm like, oh my God, if I suggest this, I'll have to end up doing this and I can't take any more work sort of a thing. And I think that is when, you know, bumping into you at the Google Accelerator program, where they are really, really helped because I looked at Fitbots and I really felt that oh wow you know the solution of how how do I make sure we are actually implementing this can actually be beautifully solved and yeah that's how the journey began and uh, yeah it actually started with my own deep-rooted uh, disillusionment with this whole thing right where you have like a super connected team but then people are not able to see that alignment on how my work actually influences something so strongly and I think that uh, OKR kind of gave us that framework, that language and that common, in some sense, a level playing field for all team members to be aligned. Fantastic. Spot on, Smitha. And uh, the reasons why you chose OKRs are probably the topmost reasons why companies who've succeeded with OKRs actually sustain it. So thank you for sharing that. You know, you actually play a very important role in the OKR journey. You sponsor OKRs. So tell us a little more about, you know, the sponsorship, you know, what entails sponsorship? What are some of the roles that you adopt as a sponsor? I think the first role that I feel is very important for a sponsor is that to be of an enabler as a catalyst for people to adopt OKRs, right? Because I feel that, see, I'm convinced about it because, you know, I have felt this problem and I know OKR is a relevant solution. I have met you, I know Fitbots. So for me, you know, to get, to become a convert is a lot easier, but I can't expect my team to adopt OKRs as quickly as I have, you know, done that because they're probably not even felt that problem as strongly as I have. So for me, just being an enabler and helping team members understand what this process is was very important. So even before we started, you know, our official partnership with Fitbots, Vidya, we had a couple of sessions, you know, on 
you know do we all feel the same way and uh, do we all feel there is a disconnect so i did this with our leadership team members saying that you know everybody feels that oh we are working we are working we are working but what are we actually achieving at the end of it right what is that one metric that we are actually addressing we are not moving the needle and i realized knowing our team members we all felt that way but nobody knew that you know the okr could be a solution and since we are a remote team we actually started on slack so there was a channel that we created for leadership team members to share examples we read up a little about okrs ourselves then you know we looked at resources that are available on fitbots so there was a lot of preparation for us to open up our minds that as a team we are happy to explore this and i also did one q and a session with the leadership team members saying that hey why are we doing this so any question they had so things like you know there are so many tools what will happen if we don't use this tool you know things like that so and jointly addressing it because i don't have answers to many of those questions but then figuring this out together got the sense of shared ownership so it okrs was never perceived as a top down approach and the okr champion in our organization is not anybody from the leadership team she's a young team member who's part of the hr team who's driving this so nobody feels intimidated nobody feels that oh this is one more thing smita will ask us to do but it's somebody one of their peers who's actually driving this i think just doing that was again a wonderful idea that worked really well fantastic and you know setting the context as a sponsor is something that you correctly touched upon smita and uh, that's absolutely the one which sets precedence to okrs so beautifully articulated there coming back to you know what changed after you got okrs into place so are there any significant changes that you see in the first 90 days that you want to share with our listeners yes i think the first thing that we did i think the first 30 to 45 days were really slow okay in terms of everything so so the way we started was put everything on a spreadsheet all the company okrs and the department wise okrs trying to see the connectedness between the two and i think that took a lot of time because how do you even say that oh in an organization that is so diverse and so dynamic how do you narrow it down to your top 3 objectives and krs because it's like oh how can i cut down my work to this in some sense when there is so much that is actually happening so i think the first few weeks were like very very slow and i would be like what are we going to update richard richard is our, was a coach for the okrs and like and i would always tell you know our um, okr champion tina that don't worry just let richard know that we are going to take our own time to do this because i want to make sure that everybody makes their mistakes then richard has the opportunity to correct us i think that process really helped because nobody felt that you know somebody is pushing down okrs and you know whether in with all the multitude of things that they have to do they also need to look at this but then they started to understand the interconnectedness so once we had the final spreadsheet ready we were actually ready to update everything onto fitbots and when we updated stuff on the product by then all the questions you know is this right is this the right kr for me all of those had already been sorted out so that was like fantastic the other thing that we did is we already had some existing routines that we used to follow this was pre okr right so we used to have our 9 am scorecard reviews every team used to have a weekly check in so rather than introduce new routines for okrs we converted existing okrs existing routines into okr check ins our monday 9 am is our okr check in 
right every team's weekly check-ins got converted into okr meetings so that really helped because now the team members are not thinking oh my god another meeting that i need to do so they were like it's already there in my calendar it's just that the nature of the conversation in this check-in would be around okr so that has really really helped so and of course as founder i think leading by example is the most important thing so before i get into any okr check-ins i make sure especially before the 9am one our company okrs are updated i have all the data i have made sure that all departments have linked everything to it so just taking that 5 to 10 minutes out to make sure that is updated i always do that so and any check in we don't do it without actually referring to the tool and going through the okrs i think just doing that has been immensely helpful for us stellar thanks smita for sharing that and and you're right you know that 5 minutes or 10 minutes preparation actually makes the meeting so much more productive but i really love the way you articulated saying that you know a lot of the alignments was actually solved before you started managing the okrs and that's one of the important steps so really a wonderful wonderful conversation with you smita learning from you about the rangde journey how you embraced different challenges as an entrepreneur and come out strong each time and how you deeply deeply think about strategy to execution it's been fantastic speaking with you and um, you know we have a fun rapid fire round to wrap this up are you ready for it sure bring it on <laughs> okay great <laughs> smita your favorite business book principles by ray dalio wonderful smita an atomic habit that's very close to your heart okay run every day in the morning wonderful a quote that inspires you and pumps you up to get to work every morning mm, the mind is everything what you think you become this is by buddha how true thanks for sharing that smita your favorite holiday destination whenever you get time to take time off this is a place i've been to only once it's uh, the andamans and i think that is the most beautiful place that i've been to and if given a chance i would keep going back there every year lovely your advice to other founders who are looking to sponsor okrs so for me okrs is like yoga when you start doing it you know you don't realize it because it's at the physical level but the power of yoga actually comes through when your there's a mind body and at some point a connection with the soul right so i would say give it time and you can't sprint the marathon so it's not that you know you can do this for 2 months and expect that you know some magic will happen but let it be there so let the team members absorb let people see you know what is the impact that it has brought about and then you know move forward so i think as founders we are always in a hurry to see results you know to say that oh this didn't bring about a significant change so i would say that just take your time to absorb and you know give your time give your team that time to really absorb and you will see you will see magic at the end of it fantastic uh, smita i must say that each time i speak with you there's only one word which runs on my mind which is purpose 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 uh, and that's truly what you and rangde stand for we wish rangde and your team and everybody in your community all the very best as you impact lives one at a time so thank you so much smita for being part of goalgetters you're truly a goalgetter thank you thank you so much vidya and i must say this that um, you know i see a very strong need for uh, something like fitbots and i'm so glad that you have you know built this beautiful product that all of us at rangde love using and unlike any other product this has become a product that that's our go to right so we start so many of our check ins many of our team members actually start their days with looking at you know what what they need to update and we have seen some lot of reds turn to green 
now and that is so exciting and we just love it and thank you so much for building this and for building a beautiful team around you thank you so much thank you smita and we are always rooting for you thank you bye 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 bye